This is the Horse Radio Network. This is Lesson 20 of the Equine Clicker 101 podcast on the Horse Radio Network. This episode is called Really Free Free Jumping. Equine Clicker 101 is the podcast that takes you to the class to learn and practice clicker training for your horse. Please support our sponsors as they make this show possible. And they're awesome. They are Jeffers Pet and Equine and Cavalier Feed. This is Shauna Karish, and today's episode, what we're going to talk about is teaching your horse to free jump. Now, people oftentimes think of free jumping as with a shoot. We're talking free free jumping, <laughs> really free free jumping. So we want them not in a shoot. We're going to instead have them in the middle of the arena and a jump in the middle of the arena. They can choose to go around it or not go around it. There's nothing driving them over it. It's them choosing to go around it. So it's a little different take on it. It's fun for horses of all disciplines. It's actually really good for their whole top line and stretching their long gizmos dorsi on the top. And so it's a fun exercise. It gives the horses a lot of freedom. And I find they tend to love it. Even horses that can't jump love it, which is weird. Anyway, there you go. A lot of times what people do is they ask me, where can I find clickers or that neato side bucket? Or where can I find a target? Or where can I find books or videos or whatever it is they might be looking for? Well, there is a department store called Shauna's on target training. <laughs> you can go to www.on-target-training.com. So it's on target training with the hyphens in between. And that is, uh, we, I have products there that are, you know, support this kind of thing. Cause this is what I do and have done for decades now. So you, you can find things there. You can also make some of those things. Uh, anyway, that's a whole different story. So, but for all of your other horse needs, and, and even for treats, you can go to, you can get some of the Cavalor Crunchies at Jeffers Pet. Jeffers Pet and Equine has all sorts of horse and rider needs. So let's learn more about Jeffers Pet. Jeffers Equine provides quality horse supplies at affordable prices. Located in Dothan, Alabama, Jeffers combines the best of both worlds. As a family-owned tack and supply company, you get the kind of customer service only a small business can offer. Yet, with Jeffers' combined buying power of pet livestock and equine e-commerce sites, you get a wide variety of products at reasonable prices. So when you need tack or supplies for your horse life, from draft to mini or casual trail to competitive sport, www.jeffersequine.com has you covered. All righty. So now we are going to get ready for free jumping. And it is, now this is really kind of a part two, because before you're listening to this lesson, you should really have rehearsed and gotten through lesson 19. So lesson 19 is teaching A to B, teaching your horse to go from point A to point B. Well, that is really the foundation for the free jumping. So when you have that part worked out, this part is going to go much easier. You're going to have, we're just advancing it to the next, the next level or the next place. So if you haven't listened to that one yet and perfected those skills, wait, we're not looking for perfection. We're looking for progress. So if you haven't 
worked on that and feel like you're in a pretty good place with that, then go ahead and listen to that. Work on those A to Bs first, and then you can come back and listen to Lesson 20 here. But for those of you that have and we're ready to move forward, let's talk about it. Now, this exercise, oftentimes people don't always have a second person with them. And with A to Bs, I said I really wanted you to have a second person so that you could keep it equal for the horse on both sides. It's a it's an important kind of part of that lesson. So I find that with horses, it's also really great to get the free jumping if you can start with two people. But there are times that I go to using a stationary target as the B as the other part of the equation. Now, I'll do it different ways depending on different horses. If I have a horse who has a lot of energy, sending them to an inanimate object is usually not that hard because they're pretty bold, they're goey, they wanna move, and that's not so hard. So that's easy. Getting them to stay is more of a challenge. So having that horse stay on a stationary target when they want to go jump the jump and move and see the other person who's a bigger draw, it's best to have them with you than send them to that stationary target. On the other hand, if you have a horse who tends to be rather, I don't want to go, I'd rather just stay, I'd rather not move, having them stay at a stationary target then coming to you is often easier. The stay isn't so challenging and you provide a bigger draw on the other side of the jump to help encourage them. So that's something that you can work on um, as you see see fit. And again, going back to lesson four with the stationary target, that would be, uh, you can kind of use, get that element worked out to, to, get this part sorted out. But in the beginning, I find having a person on both sides tends to be the biggest draw until we can build up a really good reinforcement history with crossing over that jump. You know, when they get that, they oftentimes like it. This exercise is great simply just for fun. It can just stay at a little cross rail. It doesn't have to go very big. And I find Like I said, horses that can't even jump tend to love this. You know, they're not confirmationally really made for it, but they tend to love this exercise. I think there's a lot of freedom in it, and it does stretch that top muscle, which is actually good for everybody. And uh, so that is oftentimes really, well, most horses anyway, that is usually quite fun for them. It also gives them a chance to stretch. It's a great way to do a little bit of cross training. If it's just a dressage horse, meaning it sticks with dressage, doing a little free jumping is actually quite good to kind of balance out some of their their needs and they find it fun and very free. But then this also is quite productive really for jumpers. This is a great way to teach the young horse to learn how to jump with confidence, but it's also great for helping overcome jumping issues, whether the horse has turned to stopping or having water jump issues. The free jumping is really a constructive and what I found very effective way to help the horse build their confidence and to enjoy the jumping and to learn about distances and to, it's all sorts of good in it, if you ask me. So it's something I go to with most every horse. I think it's, it's a lot of fun, but it is, but we need to start small. You know, that's, you start sometimes just with two Cavalettis and no pole. And then we go to a pole, sometimes a pole with no Cavalettis, but depending on you know, whatever your setup is you want to do, but we start really small and then build slowly till they get the idea. And it is, it is a lot of fun and there's different challenges with different horses. One of the things that, that I kind of realized early on is what makes a good jumper 
is they're kind of afraid of the jumps. Otherwise, they wouldn't be so, they wouldn't use their body so tightly, you know, to keep those little legs up and tidy in a way. So when we look at a horse and think, wow, he has really good jumping form, it's usually because they're being very careful not to touch the jump. They're very careful horses typically, and they are kind of cautious of what's below them. So we want to balance that out by building positive reinforcement in it so that they learn that it's safe, that it's okay. They can get over these things without having that fear rise. I think oftentimes people will see a horse who jumps with really good form and is really careful and tidy, and then they want to push them further and further, but, but they can actually be flooding them a little bit. If they kind of were a little bit like, okay, I got over it and I was really cautious if we go too fast and furious, oftentimes there's horses that get overfaced and it becomes an overwhelming process and they, they then can really hate it or they become dangerous stoppers. So we want to do is take that and say, yes, you're doing fantastic, but now build it with the positive reinforcement. So they learn this as a skill set. They've already shown their propensity for being neat and tidy. And now we have a chance to help them to, to balance that out and love to jump. That's really my goal is I personally I like jumping. That is where my heart is. That's what I like to do. I think it's thrilling. I think it's fun. And that is what first draw me into horses was the jumping. So that personally is something I enjoy. But I clearly work with people and horses of all different walks of life. You know, I have rescue horses who are untouchable. I have, you know, I've worked with just horses all over in all different disciplines. So this personally just happens to be something I think is a lot of fun. So let's talk about where we start. So we start, like I said, doing the A to Bs. Then we'll put two poles on the, or I, a lot of times I put two standards next. And then I have them going between the standards. So where would we click in that process, do you think? We would click as they go through the standards. Because remember, we always click on what we want to see more of. Well, we want to see them making a choice to go through the jump standards or the jump wings or whatever you're going to call them from whatever country you're in. And so... We want them to learn when I go through those two things, that's when I get clicked. So that's the part we're drawing attention to. And then we're going to put a pole in there. And then we're going to turn that pole to the tiniest little X. Now, this can look very different for a lot of horses. Some horses will walk through this thing until it's up to their knees. And they'll still be walking through it. And they'll only start to really jump it when it gets a little bit bigger. Some horses are going to be jumping that pole like it's, you know, four foot ox or, you know, they're, they can be a little more e expressive, we'll say, over it. But so what we want to do is continue to click the part we want to see more of, which is going to be when they cross the pole. So in the beginning, it may just be stepping over the pole and that's okay. I don't mind that. Step over the pole, get over the pole, get over the pole, get over the pole. And at some point then it's going to be easier to jump over the pole than it's going to be to step over the pole. But I don't really worry about their criteria in the beginning outside. The only criteria is get over that pole. So as we go in the beginning, it may be a little sloppy and I'm not going to worry about that. We're going to then, the criteria will then raise. But remember, we pick one criteria at a time. So if we go to expecting them to cross the pole, but to not touch the pole, but to do it with, uh, to actually jump the pole, you know, and we have too many things, pretty soon they can feel like it's not worth it. I'm just not getting reinforced because I don't know which piece is the right piece. So in order to bring clarity, I say, first, just get over the pole. I don't even care if you clunk it, just get over the pole. 
So that they're going back and forth over the pole through the standards, and that's great. And then I start to say, and typically they start to get neater with it as they go because they're not, it's not fun to clunk it. But then I'll start to say, okay, now you need to make sure you jump it or not jump it, but step over it without touching it. And then as we go to the X, we kind of build up until we have them actually jumping the jump. And so that, and and you can do it with people on further, being further away from the jump. In the very beginning, we're going to be close to it. So they see the target person on the other side and they think the shortest route is right to that person. And then pretty soon, and this is still just them stepping over it, pretty soon we built so we're much further away where they can go around that jump very, very easily, but they're choosing to go through it. Now, there's not challenging yet. The biggest challenge, the biggest criteria we've adjusted is that we have more distance. They now are targeting on that person who's far away and going to the middle of the jump. Then as it turns a little bit bigger, what do we tend to do when we have a context shift, shift any context, which in this case would be raising the pole, we want to then go back and make it easier because we can lose some criteria when we shift the context. So I'll kind of go back to being a little bit closer. So that focus person is closer. So as they look at that little tiny X that maybe even now starts to seem like a kind of too much effort, the person is right there, which draws them over that X. And then moving on both sides until they can go over that X. And then we move the X up a little bit. So keep in mind when they start to lose their way and, and at some point the jump gets big enough, they start going, what happens if I go around the jump? I'd be surprised if a horse didn't, you know, but at some point they go, well, what happens if I go around? All I simply do is I give them a pause. I look at them. It's like a pregnant pause. I say, "Mm -hmm." I see what you did there. And I remain still and no hands moving. And they get the idea. Oh, she's not making any motion to feed me or clicking me. And then I ask them to go again. So if we, so I don't, we don't punish them for not going around the jump. We don't do anything like that. We may, I may send them back and try again and see if maybe that pause, I got the idea. I didn't get fed for that one. I'm going to try a little bit harder, but if they didn't, I'll choke back up. We'll get closer again and try to make it clear to get back over again. And as it gets to actually being a jump and the horse is learning to jump the jump, I'll get closer. But as soon as I feel that commitment, they're focused in that center and looking at me, I start trotting backwards out of the way. So that I'm drawing them, my focus, I'm there, I'm close. Their focus is to draw them over it. And then when I see that commitment, I just back right on out of there. So it helps them, but straight. I want to guide them straight. And and don't be to the sides of the jumps, because if so, you can you can be guiding them to either side. So I straight try to say front and center. And this is why that one exercise that we worked on with the A to Bs, we do the half circle so we can line the horse up straight at the other person, or in this case, for the jump. I want to have that horse lined up in the center facing the person and when I send them. Now, there's another aspect. So then building that up until they can jump that from, again, being further away. Now, a lot of times this is a trot, trot, jump, trot, jump, trot, jump, trot, jump. At some point, it's going to turn to a canter jump. And now this this has another set of issues for your horse. And now I don't set them up for a distance. I want them to learn how to figure out their distance. So I don't I don't set them up at a bad distance, but I have them far enough away that they are going to have to sort it out. So I don't have them so jammed in so close that they can't have room to kind of sort out their time. But as they get going, 
we want this to turn into being able to canter a jump, which now it has a different challenge to it because now they have to hit it in stride. You know, if you haven't had a jumping horse or done jumping, there's a perfect arc over the a relatively perfect arc over the jump. And sometimes if they get too close, we call it chipping in. So now they have to kind of, now they're close and they have to kind of heave themselves over it somehow because they don't have enough room to get over in a nice arc. Or sometimes they leave too far away and now they have to make this extra long effort to make it because they didn't gauge that well. This is really disconcerting for your horse. Many horses that are careful will will just go, well, no, I'm not doing that again. And so you need to go back and encourage them through this. I'm going to tell you a little bit about Murray, who is my horse, who was doing this and learning to jump. And he is a very careful horse. He He is really suspicious of everything, including footing and jumps and things that are around him. So he's very careful. And that's a good thing for a jumper. You like him to be careful. But I also knew he can quit really easy on things because it's just too hard. So as he's jumping and yay, and he's trotting and yay, we could do a line even and he's trotting and that's great. And this is all good. Well, then one day he decides to canter it. Well, he canters and he gets a bad distance and and he just gets too close. And then he, chip, he chips in, he gets over, he gets to me, he flips his little head on the way which a lot of times when he flips his head, it's play. This wasn't play. This was kind of like, eh, I didn't like that. And so I fed him. I fed him a lot because I knew that was hard. And he's not going to get in the habit of chipping in. He doesn't like that. He's not going to set that up for himself. But he did it. And I wanted to say, it's okay. You got over it. So I fed him a ton for that. And then I walked him in that circle to bring him back. And I sent him again. And he left and went and ate grass. <laughs> so what that told me, he said, I don't want to do that again. I didn't like that. So we had to go back and put it lower and rebuild his confidence until he was he was trotting it again, until he could sort out that canner a little bit. So be patient with him. Don't, un, don't, don't think, but you should have, you could have, you can. It, it just can be really harder than we imagine. So then that also gave me a lot of information about Murray because I knew he loses his heart very quickly with jumping and I want him to, to be able to try. Well, now he's learned to, we've gotten back to it this spring and he's cantering the jumps and he's working out really nice distances for himself and makes a good, nice, proper bid for the jump, which is nice. But it, he spent a lot of time like half-heartedly, you know, trotting and then trotting with a good jump and then trotting and then went to cantering and, and kind of over doing it for himself. So I really, and any time that Murray hits the jump and he comes to me, I reinforce him a lot. He's not going to hit that jump. He doesn't want to hit the jump. So I know that in effect, that was kind of a punitive thing for him. He felt like he didn't like that. So when he got to me, I reinforced him a lot to help balance out that kind of scary moment there where he maybe thought he was, maybe going to get stuck or, you know, it stung or whatever it might be. And and these weren't hard hits. It was just light, but he's so sensitive that that's all that was to him. And so then when he would go back to the other side and go after he hit the jump, I would just give him a huge jackpot and leave it. It wasn't about how he jumped. It was his attitude of going back over the jump that was so important to me. Okay. So I went a little bigger and broader than, you know, kind of looking down the road a bit. But this basic little exercise today 
we're just going to break it down to the little pieces of going um, back and forth between the two people and two standards and two poles is usually a pretty good place to start. And then moving that up to maybe the tiniest of X's. I mean, like where it's six inches on either side, you know, so it's not really much to jump. And remember the X also helps to draw them to the center, which can help a horse kind of find the, the, the shortest point is in the center, which can help a little bit too, as things get a little bit bigger. So that is part of it. And let's go ahead. And I think we're probably in a good place. Let's go ahead and get ready to do this. So clearly you're going to want another person for this, just like you did with your A to B's. If you can have the person who did the A to B's, that is great, but sometimes you can't. So give your little, give your person a little debrief on A to B's and maybe practice that first. And if your horse hasn't done A to B's in a while, we're going to practice that a little bit first. But what I want you to do is get your two sets of targets. Remember, you want to have really, really similar targets, basically the same targets. You also want to have the same feed in your bum bags or side buckets so that you're, you have balance the same feed and not creating preference for one side or the other. Keep in mind where the gate is. Is it going to be easier for your horse to go in one direction versus the other? Um, it, sometimes setting it up where it's a little more even, you know, you can put it where one's not going to the far end of the arena, but maybe they just go back and forth, you know, horizontally to the closer side to the horses or whatever. So you're not necessarily creating a preference. If you can just think about those, those are things you can do to set them up for success and then get your person. And I think we're good to go targets side buckets, make sure you both have clickers and remember where you want to click. You want to click as they're going through the standards or stepping over the poles. So if your horse is really worried about the standards, if you feel like, or not the standards, you feel like your horse is really worried and doesn't like going over ground poles, I would start this without ground poles, just going through the standards. And then I would do one ground pole and then move to, to doing further. So, okay. So go ahead. Why don't you head out to the barn, get to a place where you can have enough room to do this, this isn't going to be full on jumping today, so it doesn't need to be a ton of room, um, but just where you have enough room where they can go back and forth and you can turn them around, get all your stuff, get your person, and I'll meet you in the barn. Yay! Here we are in the barn doing one of my favorite things, and it's free jumping, or the beginning of free jumping. Okay, so I have uh, two standards, and I have um, two poles on the ground, and we are going to start this with Ernie as well. This is who we did the A to B session and lesson with, but I think this we're going to kind of move seamlessly into this, is my plan, <laughs> as it always is, but isn't always happening. Anyway, and, and I also should point out, if you don't have jump standards, sometimes people just have Cavalettis. You can just use a Cavaletti. That's fine. Just put it on the lowest side first. Or sometimes people have those little jump blocks, and you can start with those jump blocks and, and use those. So it doesn't necessarily have to be proper jump standards with jump cups. You can use other, other renditions. And some people use buckets and simply put the, you know, the the stand the poles on the buckets but keep in mind you want to keep them a little bit secure because if they hit them and they're on a bucket they can drag the pole with them and that can really startle them so you could cut a little hole in your bucket or something that you could rest them in if you want to do makeshift jumping fingers <laughs> okay 
So now we've got Ernie and I've got Meredith and we are all set to go. We have our buckets, we have our clickers, we have our targets, we have the same food and we are going to go in. I have Meredith taking him in right now. So she's kind of walking over with him and she's going to start with a couple, making sure he's being polite and keeping his head to himself. And then, okay, I'm lining up on my side. So I'd say we're about... I'm not great with distant estimations. I'd say we're about 15 feet on either side of the pole. So it's not far. Um, he's been doing, so that's about 30 feet total. He's been doing A to B's longer than that. So this is not going to, this isn't a big stretch for doing A to B's. And we're close enough where we can also choke up a little bit. Actually, Meredith, let's go to about 10 feet each. So now we're getting really close to either side of the pole. And you know why I did that? I think he's going to be fine with it. But let's just be sure. Let's just get him saying yes. Let's set him up for success. We're going to get really kind of close. Okay. Are you ready? Okay. And she sent him. Ernie. So there. I reached my target. Good boy. <laughs> Perfect. So he just walked over. Who cares? That's all he needed to do was walk over. And he actually trotted and then walked over the pole. So he was like, I'm coming on my trotty A to B. Uh-oh, there's a pole. And he stopped, but it doesn't matter. I clicked him, and then I'm feeding him as he got to me. Now, keep in mind, I'm clicking at the pole, but he knows he needs to come to me to get the reward. So I click there, but this is why we call it a bridge signal. The clicker bridges that time gap. I got to say at the pole, yes, that's the part I like. And he knew he's going to get the reinforcement when he got to me. So I could draw attention to and essentially bookmark the crossing the pole, but the reinforcement came as he got to me. So as she sent him, I reached my target over. And you know, something I realize I do sometimes when I'm trying to draw the horses into me a little bit, and I, I do it with the A to Bs, and it just dawned on me now, is I actually, when I say target, I kind of squat just a little bit. It seems like somehow that little squat down, that little duck into it, and I stand back up, but it seems to draw them in. So. I hope that you can picture that because because it's weird. <laughs> no, it's not weird. It's just hard to explain. Anyway, so that was great. And he's good. And I've now turned him around and lined him up while we were talking. So he's waiting at looking at the jump. I'm going to reinforce him for waiting because now as we get more energy, there's more anticipation with a horse like him who likes to move. There can be a little more anticipation, excitement about the go part. So now as we've added the jump in, we may also be bringing adrenaline up just a little bit more. So... I'm going to have him, have him wait. Okay, I'm ready. Okay, Ernie, go. And then Meredith's calling him over there. And he again trotted. And he trotted the pole. Excellent. So he trotted. He slowed down a little bit, but he still trotted the pole. So that was really good because that doesn't always happen. And I don't care if they walk the entire way. That part doesn't matter at all. It's just that he gets over the pole. And that he will go over the pole. And so this is, so that is really good. So we got trot. That's great. We may not get it every time. And you may not get it. But it, I don't normally get it. Usually I'll get the walking back and forth at first. And that's just fine and dandy. Okay. And she's ready. And Ernie. Good boy. And he walked over that time, but that's okay. That's just kind of part of it. So I clicked and reinforced as he stepped over the pole, even though he gave me the trot. And pretty soon that will be my new criteria right now at the third time over. 
I, I'm not I'm not holding him to that criteria. Just getting over is all I really want to do. So that was perfect. Okay, I'm going to line him back up. I reinforced him halfway on the circle just for fun. He's really good at doing his half circles and he knows that we get lined up. So I don't necessarily have to reinforce him in the circle anymore. But I do like that he, sometimes I still want to say thank you even though we're past that point. Okay, so that is good and ready. Now I'm going to walk with him a little bit to get a little bit of extra momentum to see if it can't. So I'm walking brightly and go. Okay, good. And that time he did trot over. So what I was trying to do there by kind of getting a little more, he will go do A to B's from a standstill, by, but, but getting a little bit more momentum, really wanted to see if that kind of could help him to trot over it. And it did. But keep in mind, he's a trotty horse. So he's one that is more go than not. So that's going to be an easier part for him. There's a lot of horses that it is not their forte. So don't be discouraged by that. It just it just is what it is. So that is great. And she has him over there. She's doing a little bit of liberty leading just to break it up. So she's walking with him and just doing the stopping and the trotting. Oh, I see what she's thinking. So I think she's trying to reinforce the trot. So what I'm watching her do for the liberty leading, she's actually clicking him while he's trotting. Because remember I said, whichever part you click on, is what you're going to start to see more of. So she kind of was working on his downward transition more. He'd be thinking a little bit more downwardy, but she's trying to draw a little extra attention to the trot. So actually that's really good thinking. So that was perfect. And so now he's up just a little bit more because she did some trotting with him and he's kind of got a little trot on the mind. So that's great. And here we go. She's and now, she, okay, good. Ernie. Perfect. And he trotted over at that time. So that was really good. And he did it. The other trot, so I clicked him at the jump. And now he's to me and I'm reinforcing him. We're not, we haven't done our turn yet. I'm reinforcing him just as he got here. And one of the uh, things, he was kind of trotting, but slowing and looking at the pole. And this time he just trotted over the pole without much ado about the pole. He didn't slow down to be sure where his feet were or anything. He just trotted it confidently and kept looking at me, which is great because he knows he, he planned it out a little. So that was really good. Okay. So I'm going to bring him around and I'm not going to stop this time. Good boy and go. Okay. <laughs> okay. He, because I didn't stop and tell him he was, did it right. And I normally do. He stopped and waited to be sure, but then he went on his way, but he had a hesitation. So he walked over the pole that time. So that's okay. Doesn't matter. He made the choice and he went, but that kind of points out to me that I started a little bit of a pattern where I'm tending to anticipate that he may start anticipate going. So I've been feeding him a lot for the stopping. So when I just pointed him without the feeding, he thought, no, you forgot something. But then he thought, oh, no, okay, I guess you're still doing it. I just put my arms down to the side and he went on his way to Meredith who called him. But that's for me to pay attention to because it means I have a bit of a habit and he just pointed it out. So I have to watch that a bit. Meredith, have him just go without stopping. Let's see if he gets that. Okay, good. So she's bringing him around and she, Ernie. Okay, click. Good. That was good. He went, he didn't stop at her that time. He didn't stop and think you forgot to feed me. He just said, oh, okay. And he flowed through that. So that is really good. So this is how training goes. So I'm reinforcing him. 
and I'm going to bring them around. And this time I'm going to stop. I'm not going to click or feed. Just say, good boy. Okay, go. And I pointed him off and he went and that's great. Okay. And he tried it again that time. So we're kind of back on track there a little bit. And I just want to take a moment to point out, this is how training goes too. You know, you think you have everything ironed out. Then you realize you might sometimes have a hole in things or because you've added this new dimension, you may lose a little criteria or you figure out you have this habit you've been doing. And that's no big deal. If you need to spend time and get that piece sorted out, who cares? Take your time and get it sorted out and you can get back on track later. Doesn't even mean in this session. Sometimes I even go, okay, well, guess we're not really doing free jumping. We're doing you know, A to B's without stopping or whatever it might be. So don't let that discourage you. That's none of it is bad. Remember, nothing we do is a mistake. It's just all information. So it's information to say, well, I, I guess I've been doing this and I set up this pattern. So now I need to work on helping him to know both sides of it, you know, so we could bring clarity with Meredith being there. But it doesn't mean it was a mistake. It just means I it is all information one way or another. So there you go. Okay, now, Meredith, before you send them, I'm going to turn this into a little X. So I'm putting, we do have standards and jump cups. So I'm putting them down to the bottom one. I hate this. When the holes, you can't. There we go. Got the pin through. Going to the other side. And getting that pin through. It's very clear we don't use these bottom holes as much. <laughs> it's a little harder to get the pin through there for the jump cup. Okay, so now we have a little teeny tiny X. And so now, all right, ready? And she's sending Ernie. Okay, good boy. And he went over that without uh, batting an eye. So what, Meredith, why don't you raise it just, let's do two more holes. Now, two more holes for an X isn't much because the X is still low. You know, we still have this fulcrum in the middle that is the lower point. So two holes for a jump that would be a vertical or an oxer would be a lot higher. But for an X, it's not very much. He did this really, really good and confidently. So I'm thinking that he'll be able to deal with this without much ado. But it might be that we need to go back and forth a couple times. So this is a judgment call I'm going to make. When in doubt, err on the side of the smaller steps. This is uh, always go to the smaller steps first. But this just makes it up, really, the jump is probably an inch and a half taller, the middle part. But sometimes just those sides can be intimidating. But he doesn't seem like he's overwhelmed by any piece of the jump so far. So we're going to go ahead and I'm going to send him back. Okay, Ernie, go. And that was great. And he did really well. Okay, I think, I think we ended there. Okay, good. Okay, so Meredith is on her end going to wrap up that session and give him a jackpot. So we turned it into um, going just from back and forth over this little tiny nothing to just ground poles to a little X up to a little bit bigger X. And the, the, the sides going up two inches makes it seem like more, it can be more intimidating for the horse. 
So keep that in mind. But for him, he seemed, and our jump holes are pretty close together, but he didn't seem to be very looky or worried or extraordinarily careful about the jump. So I thought, you know what, let's try it. And because we went up those that bit way, it may look bigger than the actual jump is. But what I liked more than anything, I loved that he did it without a pause. And, and that's great. I'm glad he, he could meet that jump and I'm glad he could jump that little tiny bit higher jump. But what I really liked is that he went to it newly. You know, it was a new kind of look to it and he did it first time without a hesitation. So it's his attitude that I liked most of all there. It was his heart that I liked most of all there. So it's important to keep that in mind. So that's where I thought, you know what? That's where we want to end it. It looked a little bit different. There is a context shift. And eventually, if you're thinking of taking a, a horse into an arena, you want them to jump anything, anytime, any place, and look at new things as good, not as bad or scary. So I like that he just went to it when it was a little bit different without a hesitation. So I thought that was a great place to end. So he's eating his jackpot in the arena. So what we're going to do is I think we should wrap things up. You find a good stopping place for your horse. It could be that you were at, you know, you didn't get over a pole today and that's okay. Some horses have really big issues stepping over a pole to the point where sometimes what I've done is I have dug holes in the footing and put the pole into the ground. So all they'd see was the white that like I buried the pole. All they'd see was like the top of it. And so they're stepping over this line and then slowly bring that, raise the pole, raise the pole, raise the pole until they have confidence to actually step over a pole. So that can be its own, you know, thing right there. Um, I picked Ernie because I thought he'd be fairly successful, even though I work with horses who are much more challenged by it. And he went really well. And we've been, it's new to be doing the A to B's with him. We've worked through some issues and he's doing you know, we've advanced with that. So I felt like this is kind of a natural progression for that. So that's why we picked Ernie there. Anyway, so let's wrap it up. Why don't you guys go ahead and put your stuff away, find a good stopping place with your horse, talk to each other and, and how that went for you and your general assessment of things. And then we will uh, meet you back in the classroom. So get everything safe, everything put away, and we will carry on and get some homework. Alrighty, so we're going to get ready for the homework because clearly there's a lot of steps we can go from here. So we're going to shampoo, rinse, repeat a lot to get to build up to where you some people want to go bigger, some place smaller. So homework, we're going to give you some assignments and some, some things to think about as we take it to the next levels. And again, one of the things we're using, we're using food all the time when our training sessions and using the food, I always want to use something that I feel really good about. And one of the things I feel really good about is Cavalier feed. So I use it in training sessions and I plop a few of those Cavalier crunchies in there for the special stuff. So let's learn more about Cavalier feed and why they're so, so good for your horse. Cavalor is a horse feed supplement and care product company that was founded in Belgium 30 years ago, and they have been producing feed for the U.S. market since 2012. Its nutrition is based in the way horses are meant to eat. Cavalor's philosophy is based around mimicking the horse's natural diet and how they would eat in the wild, while recognizing that the demands we put on them today are different than wild horses of long ago. 
One of the things I love about Cavalor is that their products are natural, backed by research and science, and are proven to be effective. That's why Cavalor was a feat of choice for over 100 riders in the most recent World Equestrian Games, for riders in every discipline and from countries around the world. Not only do they make feet, but they also have a complete line of supplements and care products. If you've struggled with any kind of nutritional issue with your horse, you know that all products don't really work as advertised. So that's why Cavalier's is unique. Their products don't make it to the market until they have been proven effective in making noticeable differences in the issue a horse is facing. A lot of times we have behavioral issues with horses, but a lot of these issues actually have a nutritional root. With the positive reinforcement or clicker training, we strive to help the horses to be truly happy. To me, part of that, that philosophy well, really a big part of that philosophy includes making sure I'm doing everything I can to ensure their emotional as well as physical well-being. There's no denying that a good diet is a huge factor in that equation. The best part is Cavalier's team is so easy to work with. You can reach out to them through their website or Facebook page and a real life person will call you back to personally talk you through your horse's nutritional needs. Learn more about their products at www.cavalier.us. Or reach out to them through their Facebook page, Cavalier North America. I tell you, you'll be glad you did. Okay, now back to our show. All righty. So there again, we could be all over the map with that exercise. Hopefully, it was small enough exercise that your horse could do this. He's got the A to B's down. That part, the stronger that part is. A lot of times that the easier this part flows. So hopefully this part was really without too much episode. But like I said, sometimes that pole on the ground is a big deal for horses. So that can be its own little challenge there. And, and if they just need to walk over it forever, that's okay. And sometimes you might even need to go back and walk with them over the pole and then point to the person on the other side. So finish the A to B on the other side of the pole but you walking them over to start can be helpful if that's a challenge for them there. So that is, uh, the next time I think we're going to talk about going over and backing over poles because that's a really good thing for body awareness and, and confidence. But anyway, that's another thing. That's not our exercise this time. So as you get, work that out, hopefully wherever you were, you want to slowly bring it up to doing more and more and more and more. But there is, keep in mind where you really want to go with it and go at the tiniest little increments. Now, if your horse is not really confirmation wise built for jumping or it's not going to be really your interest, keep it pretty simple. You know, let it be more of a fun thing and maybe put a few X's, put two X's in a row. So now you have, now, now when you start making that though, you do need to count out because you, you need to count out a little bit and be aware of the distance between the poles. So uh, look that up online because it, it <laughs> that one's a little trickier. A perfect, a, an average horse's stride is 12 feet. So when you walk a jump that's going to be a proper jump, you allow six feet on one side of the jump and six feet on the other because that's for the arc over the jump. And you will count 12 foot increments in between the jumps to be for canter stride because that is your average horse's stride is 12 feet. So if you want to have a jump with three strides, you're going to count between the two jumps. You're going to count six feet 
and then three 12 foot increments. So 36 feet and then six feet. So you're going to have a total of 48 feet for it to be a three stride cantering. So if that is the case, you will, you'll need to kind of measure that. And if you're going to that direction, you probably one are already a jumper and understand about distances. And there's, you know, there's exercises you can read to really set up more intricate exercises. We're just rudimentary right now, but so that's something to keep in mind. So you can, but that's for in between. I don't set them up for distance before the jump because I want them to sort it out. But once they're in there, you need to make it where it's going to work out for them. You're not trying to, to stop, you know, stop them up there. And also keep in mind, if you have a little horse, your horse may have a smaller stride. If you have a really big horse, your may ha- horse may have a bigger stride. So that's just stuff to consider because jumping can actually be quite technical. We're not trying to get technical here. Go to the books for that. Go to your trainer for that. We're trying to keep it a little simple. But you can have little X's so they can do trot poles and they can you can have a series of little X's they can do. That that's for a horse that you don't necessarily want to go jumping more. You just want to have it be a little bit of a challenge. You can also have it where you uh, you can go to the little vertical. The other things you can do are an oxer, which is two jumps together. So those are, you know, close together. And so it's two elements within the same jump, if, if that makes sense. So they're, you know, a foot apart or something. And if you're going to put obstacles under, that's another thing to consider. A lot of times working on teaching your horse to jump things is actually a whole different exercise. It could be a really good one. There's, and I, <laughs> I don't remember if I made this in a YouTube video or not, but I've put liver pulls under the jump and put little wind up fish in them. <laughs> that are swimming in the liver pool. And that's a really great exercise. But remember, you need to build up to that. That is not something that you're going to go to right away. You would start with a little something under the jump, then a little something, then maybe the water, and then building it up till it can have things in it. If you're going to go where you're really trying to address obstacles and things in like spookiness around the actual jump itself, Really, I would encourage you to go through the de-spooking, uh, I think de-spooking or spooky objects we talked about. Use that sort of training too. Go, be really working on that. And I think that was, I think that was lesson 18, if I'm not mistaken. So go to the spooky object one. De-spooking your horse is so important on every single level. So work on that simultaneously doing other things. So they get the idea that new, strange, unfamiliar things, instead of being fearful, instead it makes them think this is another opportunity for reinforcement. So pretty soon they look at them as a good thing or potentially good thing as opposed to a potentially dangerous thing. So you can ramp this exercise up in a lot of ways by, and and there's going to be a point where the jump, it gets big enough where cantering to it is going to be easier for them than trotting over it. So, you know, just be aware of that. And there's also going to be, so go slow because this also takes new muscles for a horse that hasn't jumped. So it takes new muscles and new development of a new skill set, really. So go slow enough that they can acclimate and get comfortable with this and have loads of success with this. Sometimes I take the horses out and I'll do one jump and I'll feed them a ton for it. So they're like, I love this. This is so easy. And so really keep it at a really high rate of reinforcement, recognizing this may be more challenging for some horses than they even let you know. And then as you get, then at some point though, you're going to have the horse, as I said, run out around the jump. 
Don't get worried about that. I don't put up shoots. I don't put up even guidelines. And I mean, a ground pole on the side can maybe help a little bit, but you don't want them to feel like they can't go out if they want to. So I have a tendency to put nothing on the sides. They can go around if they want to. I want them to feel free to do that. And then, then if they, then I'll ask them to go back over. And it could be that today I need to lower it for them. They're not in a good place. Maybe something sore, maybe they're distracted by something, or maybe I moved it up too high. So it doesn't matter. Murray went through a point where he was doing great. And then he was like, no, I won't do any of it. And I was like, okay, that's fine. We'll just go back to walking over a ground pole until we built it back up again. I don't mind that wherever they are, that's their place. I just think what they're telling me is it's more reinforcing to go around the jump or not go over the jump than to go over the jump. So it just means I need to rebalance those scales and I need to say, okay, well, that one's bigger. That one's more worrisome and that's okay. We're going to take it back down and build more strength and more confidence at a lower level or make it a little simpler. And, and there you go. So, and also I want to take this one step further now that I'm thinking about it. If you have a horse who's lost his way, so let's say I've worked with horses who have become stoppers. So somehow they've been overfaced. Something's happened. Now they decided that jumping is not what they want to do. And, and be sure it's not a physical thing. So always rule out the physical. But sometimes it can be something happened. They got to one wrong. And then they're like, no, now I won't do it again because it was scary. And so we need to rebuild their confidence. Go back to the basics. Just go over that little trot, that little X, a little trot, build it up, build it up, build it up. But this is a thing that can build a lot of confidence in the horse, which is obvious to see through this as we build a strong reinforcement history by using positive reinforcement, by using food with the jumping pretty soon. They're like, I love jumping. This is great. This is fun. And then they can kind of really learn to enjoy it because some horses are good at it. And then once they feel confident with it, they actually really love it once they get over their fear a little bit. But there sometimes the other element there is now the the rider can have fear that's associated with this because they have been dumped by their horse stopping and now they're thinking oh crap we're coming to a jump and they're terrified you know and we need to be relaxed too and that is something that when it's kind of time to integrate the rider back in so first we're going to work on getting the horse who's really comfortable to go so now we get the horse who likes to go and is going, I jump this, I jump this, I jump this, this is great. And when this is going well and doing it with the two people, next thing I do is I put tack on the horse and say, can you do it with tack? And sometimes at first they're like, well, this is weird. I don't know. And when they're going just as smoothly with tack as they did without, then what I do is I put the rider in, uh, I put the rider in the tack, but the rider is simply to be there. The rider is not to give them any cues. What I want at this point is I want to help the, the horse to say, you know this exercise. Don't worry about the weight in the saddle. You know this exercise. And then I will call the horse over the jump like I always have. So as a person can ride up and stop and then at a walk, just walk and calmly stop. And then I will be the person or whoever, you know, but it, it, I'm using me as an example. I will call the horse over the jump. I click and feed. And then I have the horse stay there with that person. I go to the other side. I call them back over to the other side. Now, in the beginning, I've because there's a context shift with a person in the saddle that maybe they've been stopping with, or maybe it's a green horse learning to deal with the balance of the person, I go back to the little teeny tiny X. Even though maybe they're jumping three feet on their own, I'm going to go back to that little tiny amount so they can build up their confidence and not have anybody feeling like they're getting unsettled. 
when they will go back and forth with the person. They don't care. They're not worrying about the person's just in two point to stay out of their way, to make sure they don't catch them in the mouth or anything. They're just staying balanced up there. Then the next thing I do is start having the rider start to be the one who clicks and then actually feeds on the other side of the jump. So I call the horse over, but now the rider does the clicking and the feeding. So now we're shifting. At first we said, ignore the rider. The rider's nothing. Don't worry about the rider. And then what we start doing is saying, okay, pay a little bit of attention to the rider because the rider's going to feed you. Now we shift the focus back to the rider a little bit. But hopefully what we've done is broken that habit of I need to stop. We've broken the fear. We've broken the, you know, now the horse knows I can do this. I do do this. So the rider at first is nothing until the horse is confidently going back and forth with the rider. I can move the jump up a little bit. They're going back and forth. And then when that's going good, we go back down to the lower jump and the rider starts becoming more significant. And then we'll get to where the rider rides up to the jump. And then I'll be on the other side, but just at it like a slight, slow, easy trot. And then I'll call onto the other side. And then there they go until the rider can actually ride up and ask them to go. I still, when I get to the point where the rider is asking them to go, I still, at that last minute, I turn it over and say, you finish it. And then when that's going good, we can start kind of adjusting for our differences and stuff. But it's a way that we need to kind of gently break that old habit and kind of come in a side door by using the positive reinforcement. We can build so much confidence with the horse and it really ends up being confidence with a rider. So if you're going that direction and you're actually kind of fixing a, a broken situation, really take it slow and, and don't rush it. Let the horse kind of know he can do it and then you can get them back in. Then I would do it with new obstacles and new places, but, but go slow, go back to the little basics when you go to a new place, because it may be that that was part of the fear, not necessarily the rider or whichever, but just think of it little teeny tiny increments because those little tiny building blocks are really important for building that behavior. Okay. I think I've belabored the point, <laughs> but it's something I love. And it's something that is such an easy way to help those stoppers get better. And it can be really fun for a horse and, and it gives a chance actually for the rider to be pretty good with his own balance the horse is called over anyway so that's food for thought so i hope that gives places to go and some things to do and share your ideas you know get on the you know get on facebook and share with the, some of the things you're doing and i would love to see it so tag me in it anyway um so you can listen to this podcast or any of these podcasts, or any other podcasts on your favorite podcast players. You can listen on the Horse Radio Network app, which is available for both Android and iPhones. And clearly that makes it really easy. You just find the Horse Radio Network app in the App Store. It's free, it's easy to use, and it makes it simple to kind of log on and get to write to you what you want, stopping and starting and keeping it where you were. So be sure to visit all of the great shows on Horse Radio Network. There's all different disciplines and all kinds of great fun shows. And Horses in the Horses in the Morning is where I started with Horse Radio Network as a guest on there all the time. And it's a lot of fun. So you can go to www.horseradionetwork.com to kind of search through and find some shows that are great for you. 
and right up your alley. And if you need more information about me, you can go or want to get some, you know, targets or side buckets or whatever it might be. Uh, you can go to www.on-target-training.com. And a little extra thing, if you also are interested in wanting to come to workshops, you can go to, for intensive workshops to learn more one-on-one, you can go to terranovatrainingcenter.com. And that's, uh, but you'll find that from my website. So that's kind of where I'm located and where our project is. So there you go. I hope that you guys have a really fun time doing the free jumping and your horse does too. And remember your horse has all the information you need. Pay attention to him and he'll give you a lot. And one more thing, remember training should be fun for you and your horse. And this is a great way to do that. So until next time, enjoy getting your horse on target. Bye. Bye.